he made a comment. He did not mean it the way that I heard it. So I'm just going to say it and y'all just understand that I have moved past it. But he said once, I was reading this article about intermittent fasting and I was like, this isn't a big deal. And he was like, Kelly, that's how you eat anyway. I was like, I know. He goes like, well, that must be how you've been able to keep the weight off all these shit. Oh. <laughs> I think what he meant yeah. was that you, you've cracked the code. You <laughs> Actually, I have no, I don't know what to say about that. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 19 of the Advice Not Given podcast. Kelly and I talked last week about moving more, and that was the first in a three-part series that we are kind of gearing ourselves up to wind down this year, look ahead to next year, take back a little bit of control over some habits and lifestyle choices um, in order to be more self-aware, more productive, healthier, um, without putting those pesky words like resolutions on them. And so today in the second part, we're going to be talking about eating better. And we know this can be a loaded topic for many people, but um, we just kind of want to break it apart and and talk a little about what it means to feed yourself well. So mm. Kelly, why don't you start us off by talking about the wonderful thing that is a slowing metabolism as you age? <laughs> it sucks. Agreed. I literally could like, I don't know, not skip a meal, but like, you know what I mean? Like I could eat like a better salad than maybe if I chose salad versus pizza, it would measure on the scale. Like, you know right. what I mean? I could lose weight or, and it never was like tiny or anything, whatever. I was always kind of, I was, a, I'm healthy. I have an athletic build. Let's say. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going to call it that. Um, and I always have been fairly athletic, but I didn't necessarily have to be right? right. Like it wasn't like I had to continually work, work, work to be able to maintain something healthy. Um, I also have had a really weird relationship. I think as most women have with food and body image and, and all of that good stuff. But, um, yeah, now it's really different. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like noticing these numbers creep like really slowly. And I, and I used to be like, okay, well, I'm gonna get like two or three workouts in this week and I'll get it back under control. Like get it back to where my, I feel like my normal is and my healthy. Right. I can pull four or five pounds off. No big deal. Same. That is not true anymore. <laughs> yeah. It used to be, I could just say like, well, I'm going to quit drinking soft drinks and I can sure. see several pounds, you know, fluctuate. And I will tell you in the last probably four or five years, it's been like, I don't know, like I could not eat a bite of food and the scale's moving up. Unless you're actively working backwards. Like Like I've actually had blood work done to like check thyroid and that kind of stuff. And so, um, but for me, I do feel like a lot of my retention of weight that I haven't always retained is stress related. I think it's this Mm. cortisol uh, mm-hmm. slowing of metabolism all kind of rolled into one because I am active and my eating habits haven't really changed that much, but for whatever reason, like it's just staying on my body, um, mm-hmm. in ways that I don't love. And, um, not even from like a necessarily vanity standpoint, but like truly from like a health, like 
right. ratio of weight to height kind of thing. Right. So, right. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. And so we want to talk a little bit more about that today and how, you know, despite a number on a scale or a measurement or a size in your jean, you know, pair of jeans, we need to be motivated to eat better for other reasons. So mm-hmm. um, in addition, maybe in addition to, but um, what would be some of the your motivations, I guess, for wanting to try to eat better? Or what does better look like for you? Oh, so honestly, I've gotten, I, I mean, past, well, since I've really haven't since, since having kids, like I never mm-hmm. really knew too much about what I was putting in my body, truthfully. Um, that's also kind of an Enneagram 5 thing, um, to be kind of disconnected and disembodied. Like, right. you know, I, I've talked about it before on the podcast. I, there are some days that I'll, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll forget to eat. Like, and I'll be hungry. Like, don't, don't, you know, like, it's not like a thing where, oh, she doesn't eat because she's not hungry. No, I'll, I'll like come out of my like work trance and be like, holy crap, I am starving. That is not the way. Yeah. yeah, That is not the way you want to run your life because it is bad news when you finally hit the pantry, but (laughs) because it's like, whatever's the quickest, the easiest and like, you know fastest in my body like you're not like measuring out a serving size of chips Uh, is what you're saying (laughs) no I am not it was like the whole bag but so and I think a lot of people probably struggle with that too um I I start when I started feeding my kids I started really doing a ton of research into like what goes in the food what goes in the form the baby formula what goes in you know because there's first obviously the first thing that you're, you encounter as a mom is like, do you breastfeed or not breastfeed? Right. It's like number one concern dietary thing. And everybody has thoughts and feelings about either end of the spectrum. Some people struggle with it. I definitely struggled with breastfeeding. And I put my first kid on formula like day one. I knew mom. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, whatever. But then I'm like, okay, well, I want her to have good formula. So then I start researching yeah. what's in formula. And holy crap. You know, it's just like any other mass produced food product in the world, I mean, there's always shortcuts. There's always additives. There's always like preservatives that are nasty. And right. I'm like, oh God. So then I start looking into more expensive formulas, which were cost prohibitive, truthfully. Right. So anyway, I actually like handmade baby food for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest, like that was really my first time really understanding the relationship that your bodies have with food and what kind of nutrients you need in your body, what kind of vitamins you need. So just because you're not eating donuts every day, then you might be like thin. You could be totally malnourished. Right. And I had no idea until I really started digging in with the kids. So since then, I at least know better. (laughs) I won't say that I do do better better. all the time, but there's always like a pang of like, okay, this is bad for me, but I am knowingly going to eat it because I don't do it often. Like it's, it's moderated. Um, so right. yeah, that's kind of my growth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I want to just put in here, and this is something I've had to like apply in my own life, but I do want to just make the statement that really no food is bad, right? Like no food is good or bad. We assign those values to it, like based on like, you know, a donut. I mean, yes, nutritionally, a donut is not going to be as healthy for you as like broccoli and carrots or whatever. But like, Mm -hmm. I think we've used food and we've labeled food as good or bad. And like, then we start assigning like, Mm. I am good or I am bad if I eat these things. Oh, that's so Um, true. And I I was about to disagree with you, but I I like where you went with that. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, we, we feel like, well, we're bad if we've had donuts and Coke, which we will probably feel bad or badly later. (laughs) Afterwards. Or, Or I think the opposite is true. People can get into these unhealthy, obsessive 
habits mm-hmm. of like, I'm only eating organic and I'm only, or I'm mm-hmm. vegan or whatever. And I guess you can kind of like almost assign your worth to the mm. food that you eat. Right. And so I think we have to be careful with that. Um, but yeah, like you, I, and what's funny hearing you say, I did all those things too, when my kids were babies and, you know, blended up homemade first solids and all of that. <clears throat> but I have noticed, and this is a very sick thing and a very people pleaser thing, the older my kids got, the more I have tried to appease their appetites. And yeah. you may or may not believe this, but no, they're not I, always I, begging I, for asparagus, right? I, they would rather I, me buy little Debbie's and Doritos. Yeah, and especially yeah. now as teenagers, it's just kind of like, well, I've got to walk the fine line of yeah. nutritionally feeding them, but then also not having a mutiny on my hands at dinner time because nobody wants to eat like the vegetarian lasagna made of zucchini <laughs> that I've made. Well, so they're getting their first taste of right. like peer pressure and societal pressures though, right? Like, right. so my kids, same thing. They're a bit younger than yours, but they're going to lunch and kids have their packed lunches that have like, you know, snack foods and little, right. not, you know, and they're they are kids. Like they're going to burn it off. You right. know, they're kids. I probably did not eat well at all as a kid, right. <laughs> but you know, do you remember those little, um, Oh my God, I was thinking about this the other day when you were talking about pot pie. I'm like thinking mm-hmm. back, like I remember pot pie. Pot pie is delicious. Why did I oven. eat pot pie so often? It's those little microwave ones. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the ones with the holes in the top? Yep. And we had this lunch lady. So I went to a tiny little private school. So this woman would like microwave our food. That was her Ooh, job. Yeah. Right. Like there was no lunch. Like it, she didn't serve lunch, but she would microwave our food and she'd call our names out from this little sad window. It was, I can't remember her name, but oh, anyway, very lunch lady vibe, right? Right. <laughs> But yeah, we used to all, and she'd make us peel that metal piece back, (laughs) put the rubber bit on top. But that's what I remember about pot pie. Mm -hmm. I would never give my kids one of those. Yeah. Like ever right now, but you know. Well, I wouldn't, but it wouldn't be because of the poor nutritional value. It would be because it would be a waste of time and money because they wouldn't touch it. They wouldn't eat it. Really? (laughs) But but again, you know, Ryan and I've talked about this because he's thankfully not a picky eater at all, but he's like, you know, you're the mom, just like make the food. Like not, he's not telling me as a mom, that's my job. He's just saying as the person who is making it, don't feel so pressured by what everybody else wants. Like you're doing it. You Mm. pick what you want and we'll eat it if we're hungry. (laughs) So So my husband's way pickier about what he puts in his body. Like he is like super clean. And we actually, my kids and I have a saying we've it's DTD. And it's don't tell daddy. Like Ooh. if we go and get milkshakes or yeah. something, like, don't tell daddy. Well, at least you got a, a code for it. In we it. do. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. They've been eating school lunches since he deployed. Like, because well, school no lunches are free. This yeah. Year. I feel shame around it because I'm not, and I don't know why. And it probably has to do with the working mom thing. Like, you yeah. should have time to feed your kids and all that crap. But uh, mm. yeah. And my daughter, like, texted my husband, her dad, yesterday and was like, Daddy, you need to send us packet or send us lunches from Afghanistan because um, <laughs> we've been eating school lunch and some days it's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> like, get them yeah. some MREs. BTD. <laughs> I mean, he's, I don't want him to sound like he's like micromanaging or anything. No, not. I know. Concerned. He gets up, he does school lunch. Like he makes their lunches every okay. day. Yeah. Uh, it was like his. So no, well, I'm going to say don't feel any guilt or shame about that because not only <laughs> that's just like a, a remanagement of routine. So that's not a big deal. And like we've said about other things, good enough is good enough. And fed is fed. And whether that's breast or bottle or school lunch or homemade lunch, like don't even totally. spend another minute worrying about that. Well, I want to talk a little bit about when thinking about eating better. So as the person who is the primary meal planner, the primary grocery shopper, the primary food prepper, 
I spend a lot of time, energy, money, resources on thinking about food. And mm-hmm. to me, there's always this balance of, like you mentioned earlier, these costs cost prohibitive baby formulas and how mm-hmm. expensive it is expensive to eat clean. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always like juggling and managing, like I've heard it said that you can get it. It can be cheap. It can be easy. Or it can be good, but it can't be all three. Ooh. Right. Yeah, and so I, I feel like I'm always like riding that. They're straddling that line of like, why well, only have a set amount budgeted to eat well, but then I also need it to stretch and go far, but I would also like for people to eat it and it be satisfying and healthy. So that yeah. to me is a huge struggle. And I know maybe you want to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, some of your work with MFAN too. I'm like food insecurity and like tie that in somehow. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it's a big deal. Um, specifically, you know, we're talking about uh, the Military Family Advisory Network just released um, survey findings from last year. And we started asking questions about food insecurity among military families uh, because we're, that's what we're hearing. We're hearing about military families needing, you know, food assistance, um, which is mind boggling, but it's really not when you think about it. Like you, you're using, you're looking at a family on a single income, right. essentially. Because of all of the military spouse unemployment and underemployment challenges that we face from frequent moves and go back and listen to episodes one through eighteen, you'll hear us talk about. Yeah, you can probably piece it all together. Not for today, but um, it is a it is a challenge. So then you look at relocating. Probably even I mean I spoke to a girl yesterday that has five kids. I mean she's doing fine, but she one of the things she wanted to talk about on this interview that we did was. Um, the challenges of moving to a high cost of living area like California with five children and one income, right? You know, yeah. Feeding, they don't travel. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they around, but it's like, so you don't have, you don't have childcare sometimes you don't have. So like, even if you wanted to work, it's a whole thing. So anyway, there are some, there are some serious problems that we're now hopefully looking a little more into. There are actually some legislative issues having to do with how, um, food stamps are even determined, like, cause right. sometimes we are, there's something, something about the farm bill and we're, they're counting part of our income against us, which shouldn't be the case. Right. Um, anyway, all that to say, we know that it's an issue and actually have personal friends that you never would have expected, but have admitted and publicly said, like, I have had periods of food insecurity where I did yeah. not know how I was going to feed my family. So being cognizant of that and paying attention to that <laughs> and not yeah. trying to sound like, oh, I can't afford all the things at Whole Foods. Like right. most of us can't. Most of yeah. us can't. Most of us are struggling to feed nutritiously, you know, quickly, something that our kids will eat. <laughs> right. That's really real. Um, and it's really difficult to do. Um, and I know, yeah. again, that you can you can feed your family. You can make good choices, like no matter what grocery stores you have available. But I know like here in my local area, we're in a very rural area and we have the commissary mm-hmm. and we have Walmart and there's one local chain called market basket. And because of how far um, inland <laughs> I guess we are mm-hmm. like, especially the commissary, like there is a very huge issue with like the freshness of produce and like routinely mm-hmm. buying it and it rots in a day. And like, that's not to say like, well, it's the commissary's fault because we aren't eating good or, you know, we're not eating enough fruits and vegetables, but that is mm-hmm. like, to me, another layer, like 
Whereas when we lived in South Carolina, I could go down right out of the gate and I could choose from Walmart, Publix, Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Fresh Market, like all within about a three mile radius. Um, So yeah, that is, that does play in. And gosh, I have a friend that's in California right now too. And I do not envy those grocery gas cost of living prices one bit. Whole Foods was the closest thing to us when we lived in Monterey like that and that. Luckily, I was working, so we yeah. could. But man, when I tell you our grocery bill, like weekly, was, and we only have four people we're feeding. Yeah, I've heard I people call it whole pay. paycheck instead of whole foods, oh, whole paycheck. Yes. <laughs> it was like three, four hundred dollars a week. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like that's a mortgage back east. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Easily. Like it wasn't there. But um, yeah, and I think that the next layer that I would love to put on top of that, like access to produce and like quality Mm -hmm. produce. Yeah, sure. But then when you get into like looking into like, especially meat, oh my God, especially Mm -hmm. how meat is produced, you can't, it's almost like a Pandora's box that you almost just can't open unless you have the privilege of opening it, right? Right. Unless you have the opportunity to choose and to make choices. I'm talking time. I'm talking mental bandwidth to be able to do the research and look into it. I'm talking access to like, you know, sustainable farming and organic farmers and all that kind of stuff. Like it's almost like you might as well just not even open that box. Right. Right. Even though you are choosing vegetables, they've got pesticides all over them or whatever. And then like, yeah, uh, it's like what's worse, right? Well, it's it's one of those things. Like, at what point? Where do you stop? Where does it stop? And right. yeah, so let me ask you this: Like, if you had to estimate what percentage of your groceries that you bring into the house, not like eating out elsewhere, but like what percentage is organic that you buy? Mm. I have some things that I won't compromise on. Meat is meat is a big one for me because of the hormones and everything in the meat. And I've just seen too many documentaries. Right. Um, it's a curse. I just, I can't help it. Um, and I will say, I think that our family eats differently than most. Um, we don't eat a lot. Like we are, we eat a lot during our meals, but we're not snacky as a family. Um, and I started that with my kids young. Get I get it. They're still young. This is probably going to change next year. Um, <laughs> but right now, especially when they were kids, like I just had a rule, like we're not going to snack. You're going to finish yeah. your meal. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm making a meal for you, your little body. I feed you frequently enough right. that your body can manage for two, three hours until the next meal. Because they, if they snack, they wouldn't eat. And it was yeah, just I was going to say that's a genius plan because you Honestly. feed them and then no snacking. They're hungry for the next time you feed them. Yeah, no, I would, I would literally quote, open the kitchen, make the meal. They would sit down and eat. And then I would close the kitchen. Kitchen is closed. Right. Like you're not coming back in. And so I've kind of conditioned them to that. Now they do get hungry after school and we sit down, we do a big snack and then, but then we do dinner. Like they're not constantly in and out the kitchen. Right. Again, because I struggle with snacking. Right. Like I don't want them to fall into a habit that's in a healthy. And I have a fruit bowl that stays out all the time. You can always grab food. You don't have to ask me. You can grab fruit any time of day, like apples, bananas, oranges, whatever. If you are hungry and my son is great about this, he'll like eat three or four apples a day. Oh, wow. (laughs) Maybe he's he's hungry actually. (laughs) But, um, you know, they're healthy, happy kids. It's not goldfish and fruit snacks. It's not. It's, and we do, I have splurge now and we do granola bars and some stuff like that. That's a little Mm -hmm. heartier. Um, but for the most part, that's the rule. So I don't have to worry about like getting all that Annie's bunnies or, you know, like right. the real expensive snack packaged products because those yeah. are sometimes garbage too. Like they take yeah. out a lot of the the preservatives, but they throw a bunch of sugar in to make it taste better. Right. right? Like, or, you know, whatever. So there's always a balance that's really hard to strike. As far as produce, um, I try to go by the dirty dozen. Dirty dozen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some that, you know, like if I get cucumbers, I peel them. I right. buy the non-organic cucumbers because they are like, 
the organic ones are three times more expensive. So I'll just get the non-organic, but I'll peel them. Right. Right. Or like things that bananas, I don't get organic bananas because they've got a case on them. You know, like if it has a natural wrapper, um, that's kind of how we do. Um, And yeah, and for the most part, fruit and veg, for the most part, are being served with our meals. Right. So I don't have to buy a ton of it. So I would say a lot of it is organic. Okay. Um, well, give me a number, though, I, percentage. More than half? Okay. 75%? More than half. Um, okay. 70, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I like milk and eggs, all those kinds of things. Milk. See, and that's a whole – I mean, listen, Claire, we could go through every single food category, yeah. and I can give you an explanation as to why, yeah. like – we, we quit cow's milk a long time yeah. ago. Like, actually, my kids have never really had cow's milk. I mean, they have, but it so makes you drink almond better. milk or? We did do almond for a while. Actually, I still do drink almond milk. Um, mainly, and this is because I learned I drank skim milk all growing up, thinking that was the healthier choice, but it's not. Right. Because it's a simple carb and it turns into sugar in your body. Don't quote me on that. That's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in addition to our degrees in counseling, we also have um, nutrition degrees. Yeah. Yeah. But And then whole, mil- whole milk just has a bunch of sugar in it. And I was like, right. looking at my consumption on that, if I have three cups of coffee and throw milk in it, I'm drinking a milkshake by the end, yeah. of, the, end of the morning. Yeah. And I'm like, holy <laughs> crap. You know? And like, no creamer. God. So it, it's just funny. Like, the more – I never read labels right. until I had kids. And now I read labels. And well, I, so I don't I, feel like this episode is even for you then. Like you don't need to eat better. You're doing good. <laughs> no, I don't. I consciously like subvert the label. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I have guilt all around it because I know what I'm putting in my body is bad. So yeah. like, and we've slid a lot. These are ideals that I espoused like, you know, probably yeah. at its peak like six years ago. Yeah. And we have definitely kind of fallen down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will tell you that exactly 0% of the foods I buy are organic. And if I do occasionally buy something, it's because they were out of the non-organic and Walmart substituted it for the organic. <laughs> and and I think, the check, right? Yeah. And I think for me, part of that is, God, there's, again, many layers to it. But for me, I have a lot of skepticism about like the nutrition industry and like, are we just being, mm-hmm. you know, you've seen all these things too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, the people are just slapping these green organic right. things and that doesn't mean anything. Right. And, and so I guess I just ended up kind of like letting myself off the hook of the guilt. Cause I'm an all or nothing. And if I like, I, can't, I literally can't afford to buy everything organic for five people, we eat 90% mm-hmm. of our meals at home. Right. So I just kind of yeah. said, you know what, we're going to not do organic, do the best we can without. Um, and so, yeah, but you're talking about no snacking. So here's what I have noticed. And this is very interesting to me. Other houses we've lived in, we have had more separation in our setup of our home. So there's been a clear kitchen, a clear living area, a clear dining room where we are now. It's kind of all one space. I've talked before about living in a duplex and the the main level is basically like a circle that all loops around. So you're kind of in the kitchen all day if you're downstairs, essentially. And we use our dining table as our homeschool table, as our, you know, where I sit out and plan with my calendar where, so it's very strange, but I've noticed since we've lived here, we all are snacking more, the kids and I especially, because we're always home. We are always in the kitchen, quote, in the kitchen. And um, we're bored. I think we eat out of boredom Mm -hmm. a lot of times because um, you're saying, yeah, my kids eat their three meals and that's it. I would have mutiny on my hands if I did. My kids eat breakfast, second breakfast, lunch, snack, first dinner, second dinner. Now I have teenagers. And so that's a whole other thing. 
So yeah. that's one thing I want to point out. Like a lot of this has to do with me not wanting to get up and fix stuff in Got the it. kitchen. Got it. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Continue. But still, but still, like what we're doing is not great. So we do have a lot of room to improve on eating better. And, you know, yeah, I just we we like our sweets and um, I like to bake and we have homemade treats most Aww. of the not most of the time, but I would say at least a couple of times a month I have made a pound cake, banana bread, brownies. And, um, wow. See, yeah. I couldn't, I, cause I would eat. So I do have, I, I feel like I do have problems. Like I could eat like a whole banana bread loaf. Yeah. With no issues. Like I would be okay with that. And I definitely, but it's bananas to, high in potassium. So, sure. Yeah. sure. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I'm really glad that I don't bake. And we've already yeah. talked about that too, but I do not bake. And I do not, I don't have, you know, we'll buy the cookies occasionally, like from the store, but then I'm like, oh, it'd be better if I made it myself. But, yeah. you know, and I go through this whole spiral, but I do watch your Instagram feed and like drool oh, all the time. No. I'm like, But for me, part of it too is I associate food with hospitality, which is like a huge core value for me and a huge thing. Like I want our family, like to be in our family, like an openness. And maybe Mm. it's just a Southern thing, but like you don't open your home up to somebody without offering them something to eat, right? Like you don't say, why don't y'all just come over and sit? Like, no, we're going to have a full course meal and a dessert and hot new coffee in the afternoon. And, you know, like, yeah, yeah. it's hard for me to. But then, like you say, when it's there, you want to eat it. And, and when it's there, you eat it. Yeah. yeah. I can't have stuff just sitting out because I can't, I don't have the self control. Oh, I don't to, either. Like, not eat it. Yeah. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about another project that Claire and I have poured our hearts into. You see, we met a few years ago online. I know it's crazy. We bonded over the fact that we were in similar phases in our lives. We were both married to military service members, and we both found the same tool to be instrumental in helping us work through understanding our experience in a more healthy way. So Claire being a teacher and me being, well, a tinkerer, we put our heads together and created a course to help other military spouses recognize the unique stressors that we face, understand our own coping mechanisms and where they come from, start to identify your own personalities and egocentricities, and then embrace a more authentic path forward. So what is this tool you're wondering? Well, if you've listened so far, you've heard us talk about it already. It's called the Enneagram, and we want to introduce you to it and help walk you through it as you discover your own type. So our course is called the Becoming Your Own Guru eCourse. It includes close to three hours of video instruction. The Becoming Your Own Guru workbook is a 17-page downloadable guide that is filled with diagrams, definitions, reflection prompts, and exercises to help you work towards embracing your identity. There's also downloadable audio files for all of the lectures, so you'll be able to put those MP3 files directly into your podcast player. If you're interested in learning more about this oh-so-popular tool, head over to the website. That's milspogurus.com and click on the e-course tab for more information. And now back to the show. So what about, okay, so I've, I've noticed, particularly with myself in this conversation that I have like uh, dodged talking about my own personal diet and I'm focusing on my kids and how I'm feeding them. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to be a little more honest here. Um, What are, tell me about some of the, like, have you tried diets? Have you had successes, failures? Like, let's talk about some of the ways. I have. I have. And we alluded to some of this in the previous episode about moving, but I would say starting like late high school, early college, I started having some pretty I mean, I won't, I don't want to say I had an eating disorder. I did not, uh, I did not have an eating disorder, but I had some unhealthy disordered thinking and activities surrounding food. I'll just say that mm-hmm. and exercise mm-hmm. two extremes. Um, 
So yes, I have tried a lot of things. Um, counting calories, uh, Weight Watchers, juicing, uh, mm. the cabbage soup diet. I mean, let, let me just go on. Yeah. The only thing I haven't done, and I would say probably like in the last, I don't know, four or five years, as my own daughters have gotten old, old enough mm-hmm. to be like paying attention. Like, I'm just like, I'm done with all of that. Like, we're not going to have all these talks about bad food, good food, and don't deserve to eat and, you know, all this. So I kind of have leaned more toward what I would call intuitive eating, but don't let that fool you. Like the, the, the idea is that your body tells you what it wants to eat, right? Like it's craving greens or it's craving protein. Well, apparently my body craves a lot of sweets. Yeah, that, can you tell that? Like, can you actually tell? Like, I feel well, like I need some vegetables. Well, I mean, I don't know that you can... I mean, I think there's truth if you're like truly listening to hunger cues and you've like gotten rid of all of like the junk and detoxed. Yeah, I think I mean, I know when I'm craving something salty or I'm like, I don't know. I have I have seen a Pinterest thing or like an inst or a you know infographic once that was like if you think you're craving chocolate, try this instead because your body's actually telling you right you need something. I don't know what like so so just to to get you back up to current time, like I am an emotional eater. I Mm. um I, I tell my couple of friends like I don't have other vices, and so like I think a lot of times if I'm happy let's make a cake. If I'm sad, let's munch on some popcorn or chips. Like I, and I hate that. Like food is not a coping mechanism and it shouldn't Mm -hmm. be, but I can look at my scale and see that that's some of these quote intuitive eating habits haven't been so intuitive for me. So yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah. I do. I'm guilty of that too. Um, mainly not so much like I need to go eat, but if I start eating something that I probably don't need that much of, if I'm emotional, I'll finish the carton. You know, I'm like, right. screw it. I don't care. I'll deal with that tomorrow. Future me problems. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I don't feel like I even do that. I'm not a like go finish off the whole ice cream. I'm what I call a forager. Like I just kind of nibble and like, mm. oh, maybe go have another cup of coffee with terrible creamer in it. Or it's three <laughs> o'clock. Like I'll eat me a cheese stick. Yeah. And another slice of that banana bread. Well, it's almost dinner. T- you know, like yeah. it's, it's just, yeah. it's the yep. cumulative effect of all of it. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off. No, and paired with our metabolism. Right. Completely checking out. Like, what in the world? And our cortisol um, levels at rocket yeah. high levels because of, True. you know, deployed husbands and True. weeks of waiting yeah. to find out if you're moving or not. And yeah. Ugh, yeah. I know. Yeah. So I've done, oh my God. So go, going back, I remember being really self conscious about the way I looked in high school. I, I vividly remember sitting in a car. I was either driving or on the passenger side and I had shorts on and I remember looking down at my thighs and mm-hmm. like my friend's thighs mm-hmm. and I'm like, God, I'm so, my thighs are so big. I hate, th- I'd kill for those thighs now. Same, right? right? Those powerful, amazing quads and hamstrings like could kick a soccer ball in the air all the way across the freaking field, yeah. right? Like no issue, no stress, no warm up, no nothing. I tried to play soccer a few years ago and freaking pulled my hamstring. I couldn't even walk. <laughs> like I was like, yep, I got this. And just imagine me doing my little warm up stretches. You know, you can yeah. see it. And, you know, like, Legend I in your own mind, time. right? And like my, my claim to fame was like penalty kicks. Like I could yeah. fake out the goalies. I'd like almost never fail on a, on a PK. And I did when I shot one and then was like on the ground. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is embarrassing. So anyway, but I just remember thinking like, oh, I should do something about this. I wish I didn't have as much muscle, which yeah. is so sad. But um, so then, okay, so we did. I tried 
I mean, literally just probably not like anorexic, not eating, but just like not feeding my body. Feeding your body and fueling it. Yeah. I will say I was probably malnourished all through college. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so then um, getting older, you know, occasionally, like I worked out more, so I didn't really, really have to worry about it. But I did do a fruit fast once. (laughs) Wow. Pure sugar. (laughs) Could you have any more sugar in your life? Yeah, but I I thought I had figured it out, right? Mm -hmm. My sister and I both did it. She'll laugh if she hears this. It was like we were picking up fruits from the grocery, all the weird like star looking fruits and stuff. Like, you know, like we have to – and Google wasn't really that hot back then. So we had to figure out how to eat it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) feel it. We did it for like three days, had diarrhea and failed. It was like garbage. Um, I did paleo for a while. Um. I did whole 30 one time. I actually did whole 28 because I couldn't yeah. quite make it over the finish line. <laughs> so, so, I still like, I can't believe I did that. But yeah, whole 28. And then, um, but honestly, I will say whole 30 taught me a lot about what I was eating. You um, know who you sound like right now? Who? A, a CrossFitter. I know. Well, that's when I was crossfitting. So, you know, no, I know. I'm just teasing. Was, yeah. I, no, no, no. It's, but it's true. So, and we were also living in California and that bled over into DC. And it was just like, I mean, gosh, it was so accessible and so easy yeah. to do there. You know, like that's the way everybody ate. So it was right. fine. Um, I did enjoy it. I lost some weight. You know, it wasn't really the goal. Um, but, but I've heard, isn't Whole30 the, like the elimination of everything? So you can kind of see as you add it back in, like what your body like responds or doesn't respond to. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you too. Like there were there were all these websites and groups and Facebook groups and stuff where you can like jump in on somebody else's cycle because right. they tell you they outline it like day two sucks. Like you're gonna have a headache right. from ca- caffeine withdrawals and whatever. Because most people have to cut coffee. I actually learned to drink black coffee mm. during Whole Thirty because I couldn't give up the coffee. And coffee's not bad. It's the what it's you put the in milk it. and the creamer and the sugar and all that stuff that you put in it. So most people just can't do coffee anymore. I actually broke putting creamer in my coffee over Whole30, um, mm. which I still attribute. Like, I think that's a great – that's great, right? Yeah. If you don't – why are you drinking coffee? Yeah, like, one habit. Are you trying to yeah. drink, like, caffeinated creamer or are you trying to drink coffee for the benef- – not benefits because we know that's a vice too, but whatever. Right. Anyhow, got off wine, got off nuts and whatever. I forget all the th- – legumes or something was wrong. Yeah. Um, but learn to really read labels like really read labels. Um, but then it was just so weird, the process that your body goes through mm-hmm. as you're eliminating all this stuff. And can I tell you what our first whole, non-Whole30 meal was? Is the dumbest thing Talk I've ever done in my entire life. My husband and I both did Whole30. We had fish and chips. <laughs> oh. And they tell you, like, ease off it, man. Like Because you're going to have you gastric symptoms. Oh, my God. We thought we were going to go to the hospital. Like, yeah. we were both, like, tingly. We were sweat. Like, our whole bodies were swelling up. Like, it was really not okay. I don't know what we were thinking, but it was, really, it was good. It was delicious. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Lately, what I've actually realized that I do inadvertently. So, we're going to talk about this more in another episode, but I um, am not a morning person. I am definitely a night owl, like, hardcore through and through. I actually inadvertently do intermittent fasting. Yeah. Like I had no idea and apparently it's okay and it's cool. So I'm like, sweet. I used to feel like weird because I didn't eat breakfast and everybody used to be like, breakfast is the most important meal. Right. Almost like I'm doing it all wrong, but Mm -hmm. I don't get hungry until 11 o'clock. So that night, how long have you been doing that? You would say? My whole life. Oh, I have had to force myself to eat breakfast. Yeah. Right. Like, 
I've never liked eggs. Eggs used to make me, me too. Sick oh, morning. gag. Now I can eat a quiche for dinner. No big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, or something yeah. else, but I don't do, I just don't do. And when I did eat breakfast, it was sugary cereal. So right. like, I, nobody needs that. Right. So like, anyway, I, but yeah, I've done it my whole life. And so my, <laughs> my husband said this, he made a comment. He did not mean it the way that I heard it. So I'm just going to say it and y'all just understand that I have moved past it. But he said once, I was reading this article about intermittent fasting and I was like, this isn't a big deal. And he was like, Kelly, that's how you eat anyway. I was like, I know. He goes like, well, that must be how you've been able to keep the weight off all these years. Oh. <laughs> I think what he meant. Yeah. Was, Good was for you. Moment. You've cracked the code. You <laughs> Actually, I have no, I don't know what to say about that. It just, it, but I'm like, you, you're kind of right. Like I probably should be a lot more unhealthy. And to your point about good food, bad food and our, like, especially around the kids, I try not to say like gained weight or got right. heavy or yeah. fat is like not a word we like use. Like a number is um, part of your worth because it's not. Right. I, I, I could have been a lot less healthy. Let's right. put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, had I not eaten that way. So. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, Ryan actually fine. does intermittent fasting and he, I think he started it. I don't know, maybe it's probably now been about four or five years ago, but he has, was in a job that he was sitting a lot and noticed yeah. same thing. Like he wasn't getting like making any progress despite being fairly mm-hmm. active. And mm-hmm. so he kind of started looking and researching and thought from what he read that, you know, is a good way to actually reset your metabolism. And so yeah. he's done that for years and, like you drinks black coffee and we'll go usually till probably about 11 o'clock before he eats anything. And, um, yeah. and really it's freed him up to eat, like he can kind of eat what he wants now and not gain weight. I mean, he yeah. still eats fairly healthy and he's not much of a snacker and not much of a sweet eater. Um, but yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of science that proves that. I know at one point he had sent me an article about it and um, like you, to your point about what you always hear breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Who's telling you that? The people who make all the breakfast foods, right? Like it's the cereal so companies. Absolutely. Yeah. And and also the world is just set up for early birds. Like that's the deal. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, okay, by, by breakfast, most people's breakfast, people that get up super early are starving right. by you know, eight, nine o'clock, right? So right. that's not me, right? Like if you bump those hours back to where if I'm online with the normal early bird, then yeah, my 11 is someone else's eight or nine. Right. So it would make sense to eat then and break your fast. But um, yeah, I've been reading some stuff about lunch being probably more important um, right. just because of your daily rhythm. And I think that mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense to me. And I'm so happy that I never tried too hard to like bend and adhere to just yeah, you know, how everybody else is. I'm just really glad that society's come around. <laughs> well, they have, but listen, here's the other thing I think that can be very confusing when we're talking about this idea of eating better. You can't deny that if you're on social media, you are not flooded by mm-hmm. somebody doing keto or their right. bulletproof coffee, or it's it's right. just like, and then I get overwhelmed because I'm like, well, I don't even know what to, what to think, you know, what is healthy? Yeah. What is eating better? Um, yep. So I think you have to like, be aware that you're flooded with conflicting information. Um, And I think most of us probably know like in our heart of hearts, what fuels us and what doesn't. And I definitely have a lot, excuse me, a lot of room for improvement in my own, you know, morning till bedtime habits. Um, And I, yeah, I've already got some ideas of what my advice is going to be for this episode for my myself. So So I don't know if this goes in advice or if this is just something to share, but this is one thing that really helped me a while back. 
um, and that I do kind of tuck away and keep in the back of my head. So there's this guy named Michael Pollan. Um, he's a journalist. He spends a lot of time in the food industry. And his work is, I mean, at this point, this book is pretty dated. But um, I just remember thinking like, oh, my God, it's brilliant. Could it really be this easy? <laughs> um, he was talking once about like, have French fries. Totally fine. Eat French fries. Make them yourself. Right. If you're willing to go through the effort of like, peeling a potato and dicing it or cutting it however you're supposed to cut it and then frying it and you know what ingredients go in there because you have personally picked out the potatoes and you've done all this work, then it is totally fine to eat the potatoes or to eat the french fries. But if you're just driving through a drive through just because, like, you might want to think twice about that. Yeah, because I've heard it in a different way. I didn't know yeah. who it was. Do you know his book? You mentioned a book. Do you know the title? So his, the book that I read that I loved, oh, God, why is the title not here? It's like Food Rules. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing that, too. I, like, fast food isn't bad for you if you make it yourself. And like you said, you're in, in control of the ingredients and <clears throat> if you're making it yourself, it become, it does not become a convenience food. It's an inconvenience totally. food. Well, and, then, and so back to why I don't have snacks. Like right. I know that I would eat them if it was easy, right? But if I make the snack, I'm going to think harder about my choice, not to eat or not to eat, but like what do I need to put in my body? It gives you a pause. Like it makes you right. pause and think like, do I really need that? Am I just like bored? Or like is that the best – calorie intake for me in the moment yeah. um it's called food rules and eaters manual um okay. 2009 good yeah. lord that's decades ago. ago but see look that's when i was getting into my kid my oldest is 10 so this is when i was doing all this work so mm-hmm. um he actually his rules i mean there's a ton of rules in the book but the biggest ones that i took or walked away with and have tried to also teach my kids um don't eat anything your great grandmother wouldn't recognize right. as food Okay. So my grandma, their generation, like they were getting into the instant stuff and convenience food. That's when the industries kind of picked up and um, got big. Uh, But he says, when you pick up the box of portable yogurt tubes or eat something with 15 ingredients you can't pronounce, ask yourself, what are those things doing there? Right. (laughs) Do we, you know, it's just, again, it's not something to be like shameful about, but something to be cognizant of. Um, The next one, and this is one that I, live by. Don't eat anything with more than five ingredients or mm-hmm. ingredients you can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. That's really freaking hard. Yeah, it is. Uh, Even with the quote, healthy food and the organic hard. food. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, stay out of the middle of the supermarket. Mm-hmm. We do this also. Like you got to buy it on the perimeter where the real food is. Um, and then don't eat anything that won't eventually rot. Yeah. <laughs> um, he says things like honey are an exception, but uh, Twinkies, right? <laughs> like never go bad. So probably just stay away from. Them. Did you ever see the um, Super Size Me documentary all those years ago I about did. the guy that ate the McDonald's for thirty oh. days? Yeah, that. Was- did you see at the end the French fry experiment that like literally think- McDonald's French fries do not rot or decompose? Like Good he checked Lord. in, they had them in a jar, and they checked back in thirty days, sixty days. And they still look oh. just as they did when they were delivered from the drive-thru. Gross. Like, what does yeah. that do? Yeah. Um, this one I actually love. And it says, it's not just how you – or what you eat, but how you eat. Right. So always leave the table a little hungry, he says. This is one thing that I taught my daughter inadvertently. She would finish a bottle, right, when she was little. Right. And she would start screaming her head off as soon as the bottle was gone because she'd chug it. I'm like, okay – and I would tell anyone that fed her, like, you got to just distract her for like 20 minutes. Like, yeah. that food's got to hit her stomach. She is full. Like, that is enough food. She just doesn't know because she ate it so fast. She still does it. 
Yeah. She'll still get like seconds on her plate and then she'll get halfway through and be like, oh, I didn't need that. I'm like, yeah, because it hadn't hit your stomach yet. Like, yeah. give it a second. Just slow. <laughs> yeah, slow down. Um, it says in German culture, they say, tie off the sack before it's full. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, the next one is families traditionally ate together and around a table and not a TV at regular mealtimes. Mm-hmm. So it's a good tradition. We're not always, like, I'm not always adherent to this, but... Um, I think that actually that actually couples with that science. There was another book, and I th- think it was called Why French Women Don't Get Fat. And it was the whole tie-in mm. of like they actually eat foods that we would consider like high fat or bad for you. But because right. they eat in community yeah. and they make mealtimes like a celebration and communal, they slow oh. down to eat their food and they actually eat less because mm. they feel sooner and it's because they're like talking and chatting and laughing. So that's kind of to his point of like eat at the table with your family. Yeah. Yeah. And think about all the boxes. Right. That oh, checks, my word. Right. Yeah. That's your belonging. That's your community. That's your enjoyment. I just, yeah, I think that's great. So I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> don't buy food where you buy your True. gasoline. <laughs> It says um, in the U.S. 20%, and again, this is super dated, but 20% of food is eaten in the car. Um, We're not big fast food people just because, I mean, I don't commute anywhere, right? So I don't really have a reason. So I definitely understand why people eat fast food. Again, it's an economic decision. It can also be super convenient for working families, uh, getting carton kids to and from. We are for sure guilty of Mm -hmm. the Chick-fil-A run like two or three times a week. Like, let's be real. But... McDonald's specifically, like my kids, I have taught them. I've totally indoctrinated mm-hmm. them just like in Supersize Me. Did he say that in the movie where he said, I want my kids to look at the golden arches? <clears throat> he said something about like every time my kid, every time we drive past a McDonald's, I'm going to like yeah. smack my kid. <laughs> and so that he'll have a conditional well, listen, response. We traveled to, like, when my kids, this has probably been five or six years ago. We went um, to San Diego during a block leave and I will, mm-hmm. I refuse to stop at a McDonald's. I don't care if I just need to use the restroom. I'm not yeah. going in. And um, Ryan, yeah. it was literally, we were out in the middle of some desert at Palm Springs, you know, somewhere. And um, the, literally the only place to get yeah. something to eat was a McDonald's. Well, on the outside of the building in California, they've got one of their little, you know, disclaimers that some foods in this restaurant have been known to cause cancer in the state of California. So that has terrified my kids for years that look like you'll get cancer if you eat it. So, oh, California yeah, is good yeah, everything. for that too, man. Right. I'll put a label yeah. on so everything. So maybe like him, I've tried to get them away from. We d- I did. Honestly, because I didn't want to be the, the right. mom that withheld. You know, like, no, you can't have – I wanted them to come to their own conclusion about it, even though it's totally misguided. I mean, yeah. well, is it? No, it's – anyway, yeah. We – one of my – somebody took my daughter somewhere. Uh, they just went to McDonald's for, like, mm-hmm. the, the ice cream. Actually, there's an ice right. cream. And we do that occasionally, like a soft <laughs> uh, And that – yeah, I get it. It's ice cream. Whatever. Fine. Of course it's bad. But, um, well, it's not healthy. Uh, it's a treat. But, yeah, my daughter, like, was nervous because she went with her friend – and her friend's mom, my friend, texted me. She was like, Hannah is really, like, beside herself disturbed because she wants you oh, to give her you permission to her be at McDonald's. <laughs> Did. I was like, oh, my God. And it, but it was a little embarrassing for me because I'm like, oh, God, like, I don't want my friends to think I'm, mm-hmm. like, judgy or, you know, whatever. Um, I was like, it's just yeah. a choice for our family. Like, we don't eat there. She can yeah. have ice cream. It's fine. And she won't eat the food. Like, I don't care if you order her yeah. something or not. Like, well, you use the word treat. Um, and I think but, that's where I have fallen um, into some bad habits, not just for myself, but for my kids. 
I tend to use food as treats for a lot of things like Easter baskets, stockings, candy goes in there as a treat. But when you're having a treat of some sort just about every day, it's no longer special and it is no longer good. I mean, it's really never good for you, but like you've substituted those treats for like nutritionally dense foods that are like good for you. So that's Mm -hmm. an issue. Yeah, moderation. But you were talking about his rule of like not eating out at fast food restaurants. And I will tell you, serious as can be, when I started, you know, realizing I probably wasn't going to go back to my teaching job. Um, one of my things at the top of my list was by working at that school, the, its location from our home and like all the things with our kids activities, we were going through fast food at least two to three times a week because we were so far from our house. And I mean, I took my crock pot to school sometimes like I tried, but we by and large, we <laughs> ate out a ton and it was we yeah. didn't have time to even go yeah. to like a sit down restaurant and there aren't a ton of sit down restaurants with like good, you know, healthier options. We have like Taco Bell, Popeye's, McDonald's, Wendy's, Sonic. Um, And so like that was at the Mm -hmm. top of my list of like, well, you know, we do value eating around the table, that time together at home, not eating on the run, not spending a fortune. I mean, there were months I was spending like two and $300 just on the after school food for everybody at Wendy's, you know, and not to mention the negative grease and health effects of that. So there's, I guess what yeah. we're getting at with this eat better, it's a ripple effect and it can affect like so many impacts, so many areas of your life. And, um, man, yeah. So, yeah, I think the one thing that I want to walk away with this from, and maybe hopefully anyone listening, like it's right. just be more intentional about what you're putting in your body. And I know everyone starts out, especially new year's like, oh, I'm going to do this. But, and a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to lose mm-hmm. weight or I want to, you know, Right. Just be careful of that, right? Like, because if your motivations aren't in the right place, you're not going to have the fortitude right. to stick with it. Um, mine has become more centered around like, right. I need more energy. Feel like, your really body. Care. Like, I know that I mm-hmm. need more energy. And I know that, like, there have been weeks that I go to the grocery store, I buy like greens, you know, like salad or whatever. And mm-hmm. then I throw them out the next week. Because I didn't eat, I didn't make the salad to go with the instant pot, whatever that I promised yeah. myself I would do. So there are little things that I know that I'm not getting. I know that I'm not eating too poorly, but I'm not getting right. the full spectrum of um, right. nutrition that I need to be getting. So that's my biggest Yeah. Concern. Well, and we mentioned that in our Move More episode for number 18, too, just about thinking through your motivation. And I would say, you know, you mentioned everybody's thinking about it for New Year's. Well, when you're hearing this, this is going to still be pre-Christmas. And so, you know, I do think a lot of people are kind of like, but I do think a lot of times we're like, oh, it's the holidays. Like, just go for it. You know, like, don't, no, no hold barred. And then come January, you're like, whoa, you don't have to wait until January. Like eat a taste or a sample of a little, you know, grandma's special fruitcake, but not a whole piece. Or, you know, like I do think, like you mentioned, intentionality and just small, small choices add up. And um, yeah, I think that's a good, a good thing to mm-hmm. keep in mind. Well, we want to take a minute to go back and revisit our episode 18 advice on moving more. Um, I'll start and Kelly, you can follow up with yours and then we'll leave you with today's episode. Okay. 
But um, for the Moving More episode, I wanted to utilize and take advantage of some of the uh, fitness amenities on our installation. But more importantly, I wanted to start writing those in my calendar and treating those like appointments for Claire that cannot be missed. And um, I have done that. I have written two appointments in my calendar and I have an appointment tomorrow at the gym for a cardio and weightlifting session. And Saturday morning, I have an appointment for a yoga class. So um, I'm hoping to get in there and see how good that feels and continue that habit. I think appointment is perfect. There's an obligation there. Right. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, Okay, so mine was to – my like kind of advice was to like incentive bundle. So taking something that you enjoy and pairing it with something that you don't enjoy Mm -hmm. (laughs) as um, a reward for getting through things that you don't otherwise have the willpower to do on your own. So mine – I wanted to come up with a new bundle uh, because mine was – kind of (laughs) revolved around drinking wine. So it was get on your bike to earn the glass of wine. So I'm going to reframe that a little bit. And I'm going to say right now I'm like really trying to get out of the house and I've really overcommitted on my social calendar, but um, all the things, all the parties, all the stuff, I am now going to tell myself that I have to earn my shower. So Mm. if I want to shower to get ready to go out, I've got to get on the bike at some point in the day and work up a sweat in order to earn Probably I shouldn't say shower. Y'all gonna think I stink. Um, earn my <laughs> earn the makeup. Let's do it that way. Earn yeah, the makeup. Earn the product. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I always, yeah, I was like, well, I, I need to shower, but um, or oh, I've showered. Oops, I guess I can't work out, or I guess I oh, can't yeah. ride in right because I've already showered. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna try to prioritize doing the workout earlier in the day. So that I don't have that excuse. Hanging well, that's out. what I was going to say. That particular goal is going to require some backwards planning for sure. Yeah, because is. you can't wait mm-hmm. until 3.30 and like, oh, mm-hmm. get it, better jump on that bike. And, you know, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. don't tell me I can't because I definitely well, do. No, you can't. But I'm just saying. it works, but it's not a good yeah. idea. <laughs> it's not a good plan. Well, I would think, too, that you can like have some sort of inner relief with that because you know, like, okay, well, I'm probably not going out every day. So I don't necessarily sure. have to do this every totally. day, but totally. here are the days I want to go out. So that's going to yep. give me at least three or four days of working out and showers, which is great <laughs> for your family. Um, yeah. So I love it. I love it. Well, I'm going to oh, come yeah. back and, and ask you about that. And I want okay. you to come back and ask me about my appointments I'm keeping. Okay. Um, I definitely am somebody who needs outer accountability. So Love it. That's that's good. Okay, so for today's episode 19, Eating Better, um, do you know what your advice is going to be? Um, yeah. So, okay, I was thinking about this, and it came back up when I was talking about Whole30. One of the main things that they do is, like, at the very beginning is, like, this big pantry clean out. Like, mm-hmm. go through all your stuff, look at all your labels, all your ingredients, and not just tuck it away, but, like, throw it throw out. Throw it away. Yeah. Because you're going to have that temptation. And they say, like, day seven, you're going to go in your pantry. And it's kind of true. It's yeah, weird. It's freakishly weird how predictive it is. But um, I want to maybe not. Mm, so I'm going to sound wishy washy. I don't know if I want to go to the extreme of throwing everything out. But um, I'm going to go through and take stock and do an inventory yeah. and see how far away I am from those sorts of standards. Now there are mm-hmm. definitely things that I recognized after Whole Thirty that I am more sensitive to than others. So, you know, the other that doesn't really affect me as much, I'm going to, I'm okay with, right? Like I'm not getting rid of rice. I'm not getting rid of beans, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But um, as far as the processed products that I've accumulated, and honestly, if I'm being truthful, like 
there are probably things that are well past their expiration date in there Mm -hmm. that need to go anyway. So Mm -hmm. it's probably just a good time to do that. Yeah. Like, for example, somebody like who may have Halloween candy still in their pantry. Oh, asking for a friend, right? (laughs) Asking for a friend if the flower that she bought 10 years ago to make her failed red velvet cake is still in the pantry. Uh, Kelly. Girl, seriously, listen, don't judge me. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm not judging you. I'm like, how have you held on to it? Like through moves I'm not and <laughs> don't bake it. Well, I just, just I'm, I'm not shaming you for not baking. I'm shaming what? you for just not throwing it away after yeah. ten years. Did you? You did that. You did an Instagram story not too long ago about churches that hang on to stuff. Oh yeah. And I wanted yeah. to answer. You were like, why don't people throw stuff away? They feel bad because somebody bought it, donated. Right. No, they're probably people like me who just never look. Yeah, just look at it. It just, it just lives back there. It's great. Oh, that is so funny. So but are funny. you a grown up if you don't have flour, right? So what am I going to do? Go buy a thing of flour and then throw it out a year later, and then go buy another thing of flour. Like I could just keep it, or maybe yeah. have a canister named flour and hey. not put anything in it. <laughs> or maybe, or maybe you could start baking you some cakes again. Yeah. No, no, you don't want me doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here's mine. And this is I'm actually going to use this as to like kind of tease out our next episode. So I am actually going to center my eat better around drinking. Okay, so Mm. I'm going to start with looking at the the liquids in my diet. And Mm. for me, that's coffee in the morning. And I am like, I'm drinking that peppermint mocha and that Italian sweet cream. So like that's terrible. I'm drinking sugar, basically. So (laughs) I'm actually going to be very accountable to myself. And I'm going to do a few days of step down and drink whipping cream just to still keep it creamy. And then I'm actually going to try to go off of that altogether and do black coffee. My okay. goal by the end of the year is to be on black coffee. All right. Um, listen, so that's one a tip. Give me a, give tip. Me a tip. And I know you're going to cringe at this, but the one reason that I was able to kick it was doing bulletproof coffee. And I know mm. it sounds crazy. Have you ever tried it? I'm not putting butter in my coffee. Try it. Claire, try it one okay. time. I challenge you. Okay. Try it one time. Is that how you drink it still or you went from that I, to black coffee? I don't go through the trouble anymore, but putting the uh, – I know, y'all, it sounds weird and, and culty, but it's delicious. So you put mm. the butter in your coffee, do a little coconut milk to give it the flavor – or coconut – what is it called? Coconut oil to put to make it a little bit sweet. It kind of sweetens it. Um, but the consistency of it is very different. Like it's not coffee anymore. It doesn't really – well, I'm shaking my head no the whole time. Right, listen, we're talking. <laughs> listen, I was the same way. I was like, no way and you know where am I even going to do this? But I yeah. got to where I enjoyed it and it okay. has a ton of really great properties in it. Like it'll help you fill you up so that you're not, if you are trying to intermittent fast, it'll get you over that hump where you're starting to feel hungry, but just hungry. So it counts on an intermittent fast with butter? Oh yeah. Yeah. It counts on whole 30 as long as you're getting the right kind of butter, like do carry gold. That's a good butter. Yeah. Um, but not, you know, anyway, um, it gives you a little zap of like brain juice. The coconut oil helps coat, um, the beneficial properties in coffee and deliver to your brain a little more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the butter fills you up so that you feel you're not like, you're not starving. I don't yeah. know. That sounds really okay. complicated. There are benefits. Try it. It's amazing. I'll try and it. Okay. So let me get back to my other drinks though. So I am going to clean up my coffee. I am going to eliminate soda. I don't drink a lot, but I get on these kicks where like I really want me a big old icy diet coke. Yeah. Right. And the that's not great, but what it really is bad for is I don't drink enough water when I'm drinking yeah. soft drinks. So clean up coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm going to eliminate soft drinks and then um 
basically quit drinking calories, right? And so if I do yeah. want a little something later in the day, I have recently started drinking hot tea. Like I have this really good apple cinnamon that I have been bundling with my Hallmark movies in the in the <laughs> winter. So um, that's what I'm going to do. That's my advice yeah. is like quit drinking your calories and um, I'll start there. And hopefully those can be maybe some like keystone habit changes to Love it. produce better choices with like food. And stuff, so. Yeah. And the water's a big one. The water's a big one. That I think everybody Huge. Mm-hmm. Included. Self-included. So, yeah. Cool. yeah. Okay. Ooh, okay, so as I kind of mentioned, we will be giving you an episode, the final part of this series after Christmas. We're going to talk about drinking, but we're going to talk about other kinds of drinking. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.